The senior men's national team for the U.S. is now done with games until their friendlies in September going into the World Cup. So now we have the U-20 CONCACAF championships to look forward to that start this weekend. So today we're going to break down the roster, talk about who's there and who isn't, who the players are to watch, and what we can expect from these games going into this tournament, how the groups will work out, what it means to win these tournaments in terms of future World Cups for the U-20 team and the Olympics in the next few years. So to do that, we brought in Manny. He's our team on the It's Called Soccer podcast. He's the guy that knows everything about the youth structure and the players that are kind of under 22. We look to him for guidance. So I thought, who better to bring on than to talk uh, about this youth team? And Manny, thanks so much for joining us. First of all, how are you doing, man? I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right. Um, you know, school is over for me, so now you know, I get to enjoy my, my summer break. And, um, you know, all is well. Um, thank, thank you for having me on the show. Of course. All right, we, we do need your expertise because I think the first question that we need to ask is a lot of times with these youth national team rosters, if there's games that are happening or maybe preseasons for senior clubs are starting, some clubs don't release these players for these tournaments. So just to get an overall sense of what this roster looks like, is this for the most part a roster where everybody was released and able to come to this tournament? Or are there players that really should have been with this team that weren't released from their club situation? But before we start, we just need to hear a quick word from our sponsors, Bet Bet BetOnline is your number one source for online betting. They have every sport imaginable from the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, to the future fixtures of the NFL, as well as a place to bet on this upcoming World Cup that we are going to talk about. So if you guys want a 50% sign-up bonus and you want to help this channel out, make sure to go to betonline.ag from either your computer or your mobile device and put in the code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, and get betting. But please gamble responsibly. Bet online where the game starts. So Jake, I count one, two, Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, up to twelve players that probably could have been on this roster but wasn't released because of um, the fact that clubs can reject youth call-ups. And you know, when you think about it, and this roster is a you know has like twenty-three, twenty-four players, that almost makes up half of a roster. If that you know if that makes sense, so. Um, I, I, I think it's going to possibly hurt them on the back end more than the front end, um, because of the fact that their first choice left back, second choice left back, third choice left back, um, wasn't able to be released. And so, um, they may run into some problems also second, you know, the first and second choice, uh, center back pairing. Um, weren't available, so you know we're we're digging we're digging deep into the reserves for um, backline help, and so if there there was any issue, I think it would show up on the back end. Um, yeah. But that's just to give a just to give perspective on on this roster, because when people look at this roster, people um, you know people see some of the names not there. 
Um, and so that's just to give, you know, perspective to how the roster was constructed with, with those things. And and who are those players? Like for people that don't religiously follow the youth national teams, who are the players and where are they playing that they weren't released? Okay. So Dante Seeley, Dante Seeley was on loan um, at PSV. He was playing for their second team this past year had six goals. And I think he would have been possibly, uh, I think he would have been possibly played a played a role because we don't really have too many left fielded, uh, left footed uh, wingers in the pool, um, and so I think he was going to be tapped as a starter if if picked. So, do you think that possibly may hurt them, but may not? Uh, Justin Che, obviously, you know, with him going to Hoffenheim, Hoffenheim said no. Um, and I, honestly, I don't. I personally don't think he's that close to to the getting many. Well, I think he'll get minutes this this year, but I don't think he's going to be in line to get starts this year. So I don't yeah. really see the the reasoning for him not to be called in. But you know, the clubs have that option. So whatever. Want to say something, Jake? Yeah, and I guess just on Justin Che, like he only got his debut at the very tail end of the Bundesliga season. So it's, it, you're right. It's not like he looks lined up to be starting a bunch of games, but more of just a squad and rotation player. I'm going to, I'm going to quickly go through this list. Kevin Paredes, obviously with Wolfsburg, Jonathan Gomez. Um, you know, there was some talks of him being called up for the Mexican U20 team. Um, Obviously, he's not he's not with them either. I, I honestly think that Sociedad blocked both call-ups. Um, and he may be actually the closest to probably getting some minutes this year. There's not really a ton of, of left-backs out there that, you know, that are, are, are talented. So I, I do think that he may have a chance to get some minutes early. I kind of like a, a, a Joe Scally situation. Hmm. Um Malik Sonogo, uh, the Union Berlin striker. Um, Brian Gutierrez, who's a favorite of mine, uh, who plays in the hometown club, Chicago Fire. Uh, Gabe, Gabe Solnina, Caleb Wiley, Caden Pierre, Kobe Henry, who just who just made his move to, to Reims in France. Uh, Daniel Leva, and then uh, Casey Walls, are uh, uh, yeah. are some of the bigger names that had, are not on this roster. So Nice. So let's now transition then to who is on the roster and kind of areas of strength and maybe areas of weakness. I feel like we just have to address the elephant in the room really quickly. We did not plan to wear the same jersey to this video. We just both showed up in Dortmund jerseys because it's America's team ever since oh, 10 years you. ago. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so, all right, let's get to the areas of strength then for the people that are here. So you, you talked about like a lot of our first and second choice defenders aren't necessarily with this team. Do we still have a strong defense or what areas of the pitch are the U.S. U-20s looking strong in? We would talk to scouts in the game and they'll say like there's a huge drop off. I don't, I don't necessarily think that it's a huge drop off, but it's it's a it's a big enough drop off uh, from from Kobe Henry 
to say a Brandon Craig. And that's not to say Brandon Craig is a bad, you know, a bad center back. I, I honestly think that he's going to be actually a, a really good center back in MLS uh, in a few years. Just He's just not ready to, to, to man that position down. Um, I honestly, I think they're going to, honestly, if, if I think there's going to be issues, I think it's going to be on the flanks. So the, the right back and the left back. Obviously, Mauricio Cuevas, um, you know, he was a highly touted right back in the Galaxy system. He made his way to Brook uh, in uh, Belgium. Um, and so now he's, you know, kind of doing his thing there. But, um, you know, it, it's kind of a drop-off between, you know, but between um, – Noah Allen. And so let me let me also say this about Noah Allen. Noah, Noah Allen was the USL Young Player of the Year in 2021. Um, and so he, he he signed his homegrown deal for Inter Miami. Um, and he looks like one for the future. Um, so overall, I don't I don't think it's gonna be that huge of a drop off, but you, you just never know any type of international uh yeah matches you know so. and then there are some more familiar names in the midfield like Paxton Aronson who's Brendan Aronson's younger brother Caden Clark who has kind of been in the in and out of the U.S. scene for a really long time now Daniel Edelman is a name that a lot of people might recognize but not necessarily know where where the name's coming from and then Diego Luna who I think recently on top drawer soccer became the number one rated player for his year I think it's 2006, maybe. Um, so just give us a sense, like, is the midfield, at least to me with the naked eye and someone that really doesn't religiously follow the U20s, but obviously is a, a staunch follower of the US, the U.S. national teams, like, is the midfield our best position? Yeah, and I mean, I, and I, I think that that one was kind of unbothered, uh, well, un, went, kind of went unscathed by the... the uh, the uh, the lack of 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 releases, um, pretty much everyone except Gutierrez, uh, Brian Gutierrez was released in a sense. Also, Nico Nico Sequeiros, so he's the son of a former um, U.S. youth na- uh, national teamer. Um, he's actually the youngest player on the team. So right now he's 16 years old. Wow. And he'll he'll be 17 in a few days, but you know he's playing up, you know he's playing up a, a you know a cycle. So that's going to be very interesting to see if he can get into the you know get into the uh, the games. But all indications he's a top he's a top 10 player uh, player on top drawer for his age group. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you know I, I'm excited to see what he does. Um, I'm excited to see what the what, what the, the the midfielders for um, out of uh, Union Philadelphia, Philadelphia Union and um, again I think we we the midfielders we all we have the most of, majority of intact for this tournament so um, it, just excited just to see what they do yeah and Obed Vargas the 16 year old from Seattle Sounders as well. Uh, I don't know if he turned 17 recently, but uh, he's been kind of, he was born in Alaska, is currently playing for the Seattle Sounder team in MLS, 
but there's been talk about him potentially being eligible for the Mexican national team as well. Uh, does this kind of like cement his commitment to the U.S. or was it just this was the place where where he wanted to be at the moment? Uh, I think this is just the place he wanted to be at the moment. I mean, yeah. anything can happen. And, you know, he, he has a long career ahead of him, but um, yeah, I definitely don't see anything definitive from it. And I mean, I, I, I believe in interviews, he's even, he's even said as much. It's just like, even though, you know, he, he, you know, he knows he's Mexican at heart, um, you know, he, you know, I think he's just more worried about his club, you know, mm -hmm. his, his club for him at the moment, you know, so yeah. and it can happen. Awesome. And then uh, just quickly on the goalkeepers and forwards. So Christopher Brady, again, is a name that people might know. Uh, Kate Cowell, again, has been kind of within the the fringes of the, the senior national team. Quinn Sullivan, another Philadelphia Union player. And then Tyler Wolf, who is Josh Wolf's son and currently plays for Austin FC as well. Um, so any names there, either from the very back between the sticks. Well, actually, Tyler, Tyler Wolf actually plays for Atlanta United. Ah, he he has a brother, um, and I actually had him. Owen, his his brother Owen plays in Austin FC. Gotcha. So, and so so Tyler's nineteen, Owen's seventeen. Um, yeah. So I'm sorry. What was the question? Yeah, uh, more just like, do any of those names stick out to you? And thank you for correcting me. Oh no problem. <laughs> um, you know Christopher Brady. At one point, a lot of people thought that Christopher Brady was better than, you know, Gabriel Salonina. And I think in some circles you could probably um, say that. Um, I, I, I think he, he probably might be, he might be the best player on the team. I don't know. Me personally, um, I think he has a lot of potential. And so whenever Salonina decides to leave, I think he'll slot in. He'll slot just right in um, for a fire. But he's going to be key in, 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 and getting this team through, um, obviously with the the back line that they have, um, you know, it's going to be a test. So I definitely, definitely just, uh, you know, think that he, you know, he should be in mind that they have a good tournament. Um, Cade Cowell. I mean, I think we know what Cade Cowell is at this point. You know, he's somebody with extreme athleticism. Um, still lacking on the technical front, but you know he's only what 19, 18? I think he's eighteen. So I don't know. <laughs> still has, he still has a long career ahead of him. Um, you know, and Quinn Sullivan, Tyler Wolf. You know, just some solid options. Tyler Wolf will probably be that backup striker, and then Quinn Sullivan will 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 kind of fill in whatever spots that they need. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess like, does that mean that Cade Cowell is going to play the number nine? Because a lot of times for his club team, he's somewhat of an inside forward or, or more of like an inverted winger. Does, will he play the number nine I, position? I think he's going to because we don't have because we don't have Malik Sonogo. Um, and, you know, in this camp, I think he is going to be the striker. Um yeah. yeah, I think I definitely think he's going to be the striker. So, so Manny, if if you're looking at this roster, give us like one player that you have immense confidence will perform really well. Who's kind of the player to watch? Paxton Harrison. 
I've, you know, I've seen a lot of his, you know, his film at the youth level and he's by far impressed me the most. Now, translating that into, um, you know, playing with grown men, you know, it hasn't, you know, it hasn't came to fruition yet, but at the youth level, he's probably one of the best players if, you know, not in his home country, but maybe in the world mm-hmm. at the youth level. So I, I think he's going to be, if I have any, any confidence in, in any player, he'll yeah. be back to the soon. Okay. And then similar type of question, but more on the breakout player. So maybe someone that's lesser known or isn't coming in with as much hype that you feel like could really break out in this tournament. Um, I probably would say Diego Luna. Um, he's just one of those guys that, like, you look at him, you're like, you're not a soccer player. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but when he gets on the on the pitch, you know he, you know he surprises you in every way because that the kid is talented. Um, I think if I think like if I had to pick a player, it would be Diego Luna, just just based off of what he, you know, what he's shown at the USL level. Um, and then, you know, based off of, you know, what we could potentially see, I, I probably would have to say him. Yeah. Uh, all right. So now let's talk a little bit about what these games actually mean, because having results does mean something in the future for this squad. And we talked a little bit about winning the tournament or potentially what you need to do to get into the future Olympics and U20 World Cups. Um, we we do have a group stage a group stage that starts this weekend. We'll play St. Kitts and Nevis, Canada and Cuba in the group stages. So Manny, what do these games mean and like how how far does this team need to get to reap some of the rewards? So realistically, the group the group stage should be a cakewalk. Uh, the, the group stage is St. Kitts and Nevis, Cuba, and Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, realistically, it should be a cakewalk, but, you know, anything can happen in international football. So um, we we should be okay um, for the group stage. Yeah, I think it gets – I think it, once it gets to the, the knockout stage, it's kind of where, you know, there might be some challenges posed, but um, – the three group stage opponents, the U.S. should win all the games. And what I'm, from what I from what I've heard about Canada, Canada also also had release issues as well. So they didn't they did not get their best players either. Again, that being said, they should advance out the group stage. No no issues. Um, as far as the the knockout stages. I feel like the the you know the the it's tough because it's like once you get to a certain point, it's like a knockout like the knockout stages, you get knocked out. That's it. There's no Olympics, there's no World Cup. And so there's gonna be like a, a, a smaller margin for error. Um, you get to the semifinals, you obviously qualify for the, the World Cup. You get to the final, then you qualify for the Olympics. So, you know, there's about three or four games where you, you basically have to be 
playing to your, the best of your ability, um, you know, to, to make it through. So I think that's going to be key for them to, um, yeah. you know, to have it rolling by the time the knockout stage. Um, and we've seen plenty of times before that the youth squads are really volatile in terms of their performances. So in one, one game knockouts, it, anything can happen. So to me, this looks, this seems like a really strong roster for a U20 competition. I'm assuming Mexico has a very good team. Are there other teams in this tournament that we need to look out for? Or is it kind of like avoid Mexico at all costs until the final? You know what? I, I'm not really very familiar with the other teams in the region, but again, this did would not shock me if uh, you know one of the, the stronger opponents in the other groups hands the U.S. some problems because we've seen it in the past where the U.S. Get, gets into these knockout stages and then they come up against an opponent that they were probably overconfident about and then the opponent you know basically whops them and you know they're out of the tournament so would not shock me if that happens but again I, I don't really know much about the other opponents to the kind of yeah. All right, Manny. So we've been in World Cup qualifying before with the senior team, and you've told people, uh, calm down, don't worry. What would you tell people that are looking forward to these matches? Um, I, I, I will tell you not to worry, but I, I, I know <laughs> I would just be lying to myself because essentially, you know, you even though. In, in, in years past, we've had college players on these teams. Um, but now we, we basically have professionals in our U20 team. Like, all of them have, have signed homegrown deals, and all of them are basically training with first-teamers day in and day out. So I, I, if there was anything that I could be confident about is that, that, they're, you know, that these players are a lot more – I would say they're a lot more confident in themselves than probably in years past. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, though, that doesn't mean anything. We saw what happened at the you know the Olympic qualifying last year. We had a team full of uh, professionals, and you know that went to bed. So, um, I it's kind of hard to say, Jake. <laughs> you just you just don't know until you actually see the games. I, yeah. I think watching the group stage games will give us a better indicator of where this team is at. Because again, we're also down 12 players. We're also down half a team. So, yeah. yeah. So I guess in summation, be confident until we get to the knockouts because anything can happen there. Pretty much. All right. Well said. Anything you, else you want to say to the people, Manny? Um, um, this U20 team... You know, it's decent, but I feel like when when it comes to time to for the, the CONCACAF U-17 team, I'm a lot more and highly more confident of the U-17 team. And we'll, talk, we'll probably get into that more when, mm -hmm. when qualifying comes. But, yeah, I'm definitely more confident in the U-17 team than the U-20 team. Yeah. And is that because, like, the, the best players for the U-20 team aren't being released? And we, like... If we were doing a true U20 team, right, 
players like Eunice Musa and Sergio Des would be eligible for this squad. So it, we can't send those senior players that maybe if we had a better generation prior, they, they could be part of this team. Uh, I mean, if we could, then I probably would, would, would have more, um, probably would have a little bit more faith. But no, I, honestly, I just think that that U-17 team is probably, that age group is probably the best, that's probably the best we've had ever. Yeah. Well, if that's not an advertisement to subscribe to the channel and put the alerts on so you can see when videos like that come out when we discuss the U-17 team. And guys, we'll be following this U-20 team all throughout the tournament, giving you guys updates, breakdowns of the games. So Manny, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, guys, if you want to see videos like this a day before they hit YouTube and support the channel of just a bunch of independent guys trying to capture this game for you, um, you can sign up to the Patreon. Thank you to all the Patreon members, Tyler, Christopher, Jeff, Kiko, Moondog, Preston, Vince, Spurs, Michael, Takuya, Bucky, Eddie, Eric, Isaac, Meg, Patrick, and Toby. Thank you guys so much. Like the video so more people can find it and uh, follow Manny on Twitter. I'll put his uh, Twitter handle down in the comments, Rampage Bobby, and we'll see everyone next time on It's Called Soccer.